Stories of Redemption, Ellen G. White, Chapter 59, The Close of Probation. I was pointed down to the time when the third angel's message was closing. The power of God had rested upon his people. They had accomplished their work and were prepared for the trying hour before them. They had received the latter rain, or refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and the living testimony has been revived. The last great warning had sounded everywhere, and it had stirred up and enraged the inhabitants of the earth who would not receive the message. I saw angels hurrying to and fro in heaven. An angel with a writer's inkhorn by his side returned from the earth and reported to Jesus that his work was done. The saints were numbered and sealed. Then I saw Jesus, who had been ministering before the ark containing the Ten Commandments, throw down the censer. He raised his hands and with a loud voice said, It is done. And all the angelic host laid off their crowns as Jesus made the solemn declaration, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Every case had been decided for life or death. While Jesus had been ministering in the sanctuary, the judgment had been going on for the righteous dead and then for the righteous living. Christ had received his kingdom, having made the atonement for his people and blotted out their sins. The subjects of the kingdom were made up. The marriage of the Lamb was consummated. And the kingdom and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven was given to Jesus and the heirs of salvation. And Jesus was to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. As Jesus moved out of the most holy place. I heard the tinkling of the bells upon his garment. And as he left, a cloud of darkness covered the inhabitants of the earth. There was then no mediator between guilty man and an offended God. While Jesus had been standing between God and guilty man, a restraint was upon the people. But when he stepped out of between man and the father, the restraint was removed and Satan had entire control of the final impenitent. It was impossible for the plagues to be poured out while Jesus officiated in the sanctuary. But as his work there is finished, and his intercession closes, there is nothing to stay the wrath 
of God. And it breaks with fury upon the shelterless head of the guilty sinner who has slighted salvation and hated reproof. In that fearful time, after the close of Jesus's mediation, the saints were living in the sight of a holy God without an intercessor. Every case was decided, every jewel numbered. Jesus tarried a moment in the outer apartment of the heavenly sanctuary and the sins which had been confessed while he was in the most holy were placed upon Satan, the originator of sin, who must suffer their punishment. This suffering of Satan is in no sense a vicarious atonement. As indicated in a previous chapter, as man's substitute and surety, the iniquity of men was laid upon Christ. But after those who accepted Christ's sacrifice have been redeemed, it is certainly just that Satan, the originator of sin, should suffer the final punishment. As Mrs. White has said elsewhere, when the work of atonement in the heavenly sanctuary has been completed, then in the presence of God and heavenly angels and the host of the redeemed, the sins of God's people will be placed upon Satan. He will be declared guilty of all the evil which he has caused them to commit. Too late, too late. Then I saw Jesus lay off his priestly attire and clothe himself with his most kingly robes. Upon his head were many crowns, a crown within a crown. Surrounded by the angelic host, he left heaven. The plagues were falling upon the inhabitants of the earth. Some were denouncing God and cursing him. Others rushed to the people of God and begged to be taught how they might escape his judgments. But the saints had nothing for them. The last tear for sinners had been shed. The last antagonizing prayer offered the last burden born, the last warning given. The sweet voice of mercy was no more to invite them. When the saints in all heaven were interested for salvation, they had not interests for themselves. Life and death had been set before them. Many desired life, but made no effort to obtain it. They did not choose life, and now there was no atoning blood to cleanse the guilty, no compassionate Savior to plead for them and cry, Spare, spare the sinner a little longer. All heaven had united with Jesus as they heard the fearful words, It is done, it is finished. The plan of salvation had been accomplished but few had chosen to accept it. And 
As mercy's sweet voice died away, fear and horror seized the wicked. With terrible distinctiveness, they heard the words, too late, too late. Those who had not prized God's word were hurrying to and fro, wandering from sea to sea and from the north to the east to seek the word of the Lord. Said the angels, they shall not find it. There is famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but for hearing the words of the Lord. What would they not give for one word of approval from God? But no, they must hunger and thirst on. Day after day have they slighted salvation, prizing earthly riches, earthly pleasures, higher than any heavenly treasure or inducement. They have rejected Jesus and despised his saints. The filthy must remain filthy forever. Many of the wicked were greatly enraged as they suffered the effects of the plagues. It was a scene of fearful agony. Parents were bitterly reproaching their children and children their parents, brothers their sisters, and sisters their brothers. Loud wailing cries were heard in every direction. It was you who kept me from receiving the truth, which would have saved me from this awful hour. The people turned upon their ministers with bitter hate and reproached them saying, you have not warned us. You told us that all the world was to be converted and cried peace, peace to quiet every fear that was aroused. You have not told us of this hour and those who warned us of it, you declared to be fanatics and evil men who would ruin us. But I say that the ministers did not escape the wrath of God. Their suffering was tenfold greater than that of their people. I hope there's a blessing in this for everyone. I know it's blessed me. God bless everybody that listens to this. And uh, whoever gets a chance to read this word in Stories of Redemption, Ellen White, chapter 59. So God bless everyone. And hopefully everybody begins to study the three angels and their message. Because time is short. And we don't want to hear. Too late. Too late. Thank you.